A podcast where we go one-on-one with fiction creators, such as authors, filmmakers, actors, songwriters, and more. Each episode, we get the inside scoop on our guests' creative process, the ups and downs of their industries, and our guests also give out tips and tricks that help them become successful. And now, let's jump into the episode with your host, Chris C.L. Lowry. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Fiction Addiction Podcast. This is a very special episode because we have two guests on today. Our first guest needs no introduction because she is our favorite UK author and the guest from episode seven, Kim Knight. But our second guest, our second guest is an intuitive soul. Her thirst to write was developed at an early age and she never looked back. After digging deep and getting in touch with her literary self, She's written mystery thrillers like The Search for Maylee, Justice for Bell, Aggravated Momentum, The Sticks, and more, along with a six-piece short story collection called The Time Wasters. She's also collaborated with Kim Knight in an ongoing interactive short story anthology, The Suspenseful Collection. When our guest doesn't have her nose buried in a book, she can be found enjoying a laid-back outdoorsy lifestyle. Time spent sleeping under the stars, hiking, fishing, and ATVing the back roads of beautiful mountain trails, and sunbathing in the desert heat play an important part of her day-to-day lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, Dee Dee Oviet and Kim Knight, what is going on? Hey, hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to be here. So happy yeah. to have you both. Um, this is exciting. Mm-hmm. But first and foremost, we'll start off, obviously, the COVID-19 coronavirus. This virus mm-hmm. has created a global pandemic and all of our worlds have been just turned upside down. So what has mm-hmm. been the impact on the pandemic um, when it comes to you guys, your lives? Oh, wow. you want to go first? <laughs> Gosh, OK, how has it impacted me? Gosh, that's the question. It's for me personally, it's done Everything. My son's been off school since mid-March, been homeschooling. Um, I work from home anyway, but it's been difficult to obviously manage that with him home. So it's like my job has been turned the other way around and working in the evening. It's just been crazy. Not really been able to see friends, family. It's been pretty big for me. It's been pretty big and everything's just been in complete lockdown. You know, this whole social distancing thing is just serious now. It's just... It's just very different. I wouldn't say it's difficult for me. I'd say it's just adjusting, if I'm honest, adjusting to this big difference of doing things. And I feel like every time I go to the supermarket, I'm risking my life just for like orange juice and snacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. But um, touch wood, none of my family and friends have been touched by it. Neither have I. So... It's been hard, you know, it could be stuck in the house, but it's for the best, I think, me personally. Yes, I, I have to remind do. myself all the time, like, we're so blessed that it hasn't touched my family and friends mm. either, because mm-hmm. I, it is hard. Honestly, it is kicking my 
ass. It is hard. <laughs> I am not going to lie. It is so hard. But we're hanging yeah. in there. I have a seven-year-old who mm. is high-functioning autistic. And mm. so the social life for him in school is such a big deal. He yeah. needs it. He needs it so yeah. much. So to be mm-hmm. pulling him out of that when he, you know, that's the area that he struggles the most in is his social skills. Pulling him mm-hmm. out of that and trying to provide him with what he needs just by myself has mm-hmm. been the biggest struggle personally. I mean, it, it really is hard. It's hard to, to do schoolwork with him and it's hard to, mm-hmm. you know, do all the extra things that he needs virtually when he struggles doing things virtually so it's definitely been impactful it it impacts every area of your life i mean you don't have time that you think you do you think being home with your children you have all the time in the world but really they suck the life (laughs) (laughs) yes and you just love them to death but it just it is (laughs) (laughs) you know i was going to say to you Dee. Today, my son had a Zoom meeting with his classmates. I don't know uh-huh. if that's something that your son's school might even think about, because if your boy needs that yes, social interaction, interaction yeah, they, they got all the class like on Zoom, like virtually, and he could see like his mates and they were like kissing the screen and everything. I was like, thank God they're yes. not kissing each other. But, you know, they were right, like, right, exactly. yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> so maybe yes. talk to your son's school. Because your son is the exactly. same, like, he's younger than my son. So I understand yeah, that whole we social Zoom. thing. Yeah, yes, we use Zoom and school. we use Google Meet. And he gets yeah. to see all of their little faces. But he's funny uh, with virtual things. Like, he's, he's so okay. distracted with the yeah. computer and with the camera. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, he wants to focus on something else. And when he goes to talk, he mumbles and won't talk to them. So it's just mm-hmm. so different. Like he's funny about you have to make eye contact to know that so yeah. that he knows, you know, he can hear you or else he'll ignore yeah. you on purpose because he thinks yeah. he can get away with it. So <laughs> so not having that person to person eye contact is really hard for mm-hmm. him. So it's like we're getting there, though. You know, he's yeah. not behind on his actual work. So yeah. I think that that it's a plus maybe in some ways that'll be a blessing because we can catch him up in other areas yeah i was thinking that as well now how has it been maintaining the um the uh the routine for him because obviously uh with the autism you 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 try to keep that pattern consistent you know what i mean because that's what they're familiar with so how has how has it been with with his routine do you do you personally like you know have anybody in your life that's autistic to know, you know, yeah, that kind of yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you do. Okay, so, so routine is a huge deal, it is such a big deal with him. We have to get our must have dones, is what I call it, all the things that we absolutely have to do every day. We have to do them right off the bat as soon mm-hmm. as we wake up and get them done one thing after another, whether he wants to or not. Because if not, as soon as he starts you know, watching TV or playing with his very, very demanding little five-year-old sister. (laughs) Once he starts (laughs) doing those things, there's no return. It's like the point of no return. My daughter just, you know, she just goes and goes and goes and goes, which is probably really good for him. He needs that. But on the other hand, it's overwhelming. So with our routine, we have got to get our must-haves done by like 10 in the morning or we are screwed. 
rude for the whole day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So routine's huge. Definitely a big deal. Now, what wow. has been one of the most surprising things for both of you guys that has come from the pandemic? I know social media has been tremendous in terms of um, celebrities like connecting, doing those lives. A lot of a lot of people are using Zoom. Um, so, what have one of the most one of the positive things that has come from the pandemic that you you've seen? Uh, you know what? I I try and read more articles than watch you know, watch different social media things. And I absolutely refuse to turn on the news. I refuse. I don't want to watch the no, news. You don't want to go to the panic. Listen to it. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't want them to hear it. I just, I just avoid that. But I try and read, you know, I read the New York Times article every couple of days, or I see what you see on social media, but that's kind of hit and miss. Um, so the most positive thing I can think of is just the earth as a whole is healing itself. And that yes, is amazing. Is. That is yes, so is. beautiful. That is such an awesome thing. There is, you know, air is clearing everywhere. Lakes and rivers are are clearing and not being as polluted. I mean, the earth is doing amazing. And I think right. that is so cool. That's exactly what we needed for humanity right now. I think that is really, really awesome that that's happening. It's also scary that would see yeah. actually what we've been doing you know what i mean like, oh yeah my. i mean after a couple months we've been able to heal so many things in the world what would happen if it was a year you know right or why yeah, did it take did it us this long to yeah. pull our shit together exactly <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how about you kim um i'm the complete i've been the complete opposite to dd i must admit i've been sat in my living room keeping up with what's going on in every corner of the world right from my sofa on the news like I've been glued to it it's been on the tv on the radio so I and I probably should stop doing it because you know it does make you quite scared but I think the most positive thing for me that I've seen is the celebrities that have come together and the celebrities that have done things or people that have made large donations at least it shows that some people who are in a position of influence, they want to get involved. They want to help. Like I know Rihanna's done a lot. Pink's done a lot. And that's the only real thing I can think of is that some people who have money have tried, you know, they are trying to give. That is so awesome. It really is. You know, protective equipment or yeah, whatever it is that that's needed in some parts of the world that don't have it. Like here, like in the UK, we ran out of them. We ran out of the masks and whatever for the, the health workers. And I know, I think I remember in New York, they didn't have anything. And Rihanna gave the money to New York. So that's the main thing I can think of, if I'm honest. It's just that some people have shown a humane side to them. Some people that are quite powerful. And that's probably about it, really. Because if I'm honest, there's not anything positive about this at all. But that's the only positive thing I can think of with this right. virus. Mm -hmm. Some people have given back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's because this is something that affects everybody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All over the world. It's not something you're watching like, oh, it's just here. It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's, everywhere. it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter what you look like, where you grow up mm -hmm. at. It's, it's It can hit you. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. the that's that's the most yes. scariest part for everybody. So. Yeah. But it's also yeah. the one, the, the most humbling part of it. Yeah. But I must say, though, even though there's been a, few, a handful of celebrities that have given money and donations and tried to help, I would have thought that more would have done it. 
I would have hoped oh, yeah. that more would have done it, especially like me being British myself. Like I think these footballers and sports players that get paid so much per week just for like kicking a ball around, why are they not putting their hands in their pocket? I probably might get myself in trouble for saying that, but that's my personal thought, <laughs> you know, but I would have hoped that more people would have, you know, reached out, especially when there's quite a few places that have been without resources in the world. But there you go. That's just my you personal You know what's opinion. funny is my husband and I had this exact conversation like yesterday of all of mm. these people you think more would donate. And we were talking about, mm. you know, if we were multimillionaires, how much would we give? Like that's the first yeah. thing you ask yourself. What can you give, no matter what position? What can you do? Yeah, it is, it is surprising. There should be yeah. a little bit more. I mean, here we've had lots of people who have started to make. Like I heard one woman on the news about she was starting to make protective equipment like masks and stuff for the doctors and nurses, and she was just a normal woman, you know, who knew how she, she could use a sewing machine. And I was just sitting, sitting there thinking to myself when I watched, that, I thought, well. How many celebrities or how many people have the money who can actually help, you know, and give the money so that we can find these things that we need? Simple things like masks or whatever it, whatever it is that they needed. But My there you go. If I had the money, I'd do it. Masks at his job. Really? Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. We haven't been able to get any, and he's he's essential. He's yeah, yep. So he works he works in a um, production company. They mm. use like big pipes. Or mm. he kind of oversees pipe production, but he's mm. had to wear a mask for a couple of weeks, and they just barely was able to get paper masks um, because of the demand. The like this week, yeah, yeah. So he's had to wear cloth masks for weeks, and it's it is wow. rough on him. He had to shave and everything. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to tell the first about time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, I'm serious. We've been married. We've been together for 11 years, and I have yet to see his chin until <laughs> last week. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, literally everything changes. <laughs> everything. Gosh, yeah, it is crazy. Now, how are you? How are you? How are you two staying creative during the quarantine? Uh, you know, I don't think that aspect has changed for me. That's just one of those things that come natural. You just have thoughts mm. all the time. And if you don't get mm. them out, mm. they pile up, and pile up, and pile up mm. until you do. You just yeah. write when you can. Yeah, I'd probably echo what, what Didi said. I haven't, I haven't changed. It's, it's the, to be fair, the quarantine or lockdown, whatever you want to call it, I'd call it lockdown, obviously, here. It's helped me to probably compile my ideas and actually get things organized. Like I rejigged something that I, an idea that I had from a long time ago and I've managed to make progress with it, get a cover done and all this kind of stuff. So I think that it's helped a little bit having that time to just sit around and do not much. It's pushed me to actually get up and, okay, let's sit down, let's write, let's do something, you know, because there's nothing else to do. <laughs> so you might as well. <laughs> rather than you know not having much time for it so it's it's helped me in that sense like as Didi said you you've always got ideas you're always creative but having you've got for me I've had a little bit more time maybe and plus for me I'm on average I'm going to bed now about three or four o'clock in the morning 
it's crazy. My, everything's backwards. Like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I just, because I, I know I'm not having to go anywhere in the morning. Like, I'm not getting up. I'm not going to bed at a decent time. So while it's all quiet, oh my God, my kids are up at 530 every day. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God. Well, if I stayed no, up oh at night gosh. to work, I would be like a zombie. It would be pointless. Right. <laughs> oh, damn. No, I, I can catch a couple hours sleep. Like if I get into bed about three or four, I can catch a couple hours sleep, luckily. But my routine's just got crazy anyway. I'm just backwards, completely backwards. I'm up it's when I should be asleep. I'm asleep when I should be up. <laughs> in some ways, yes. <laughs> in yes, some ways, really are. In some ways, but in some ways, yeah. But it's yeah. Opposites attract, though. That's what they say, don't they? Yes, Opposites they do. attract. Opposites attract. So we work very well go. together for having some that's, good that's it. Magnets. That's, that's it. probably why it works so well. <laughs> yeah, it probably, probably. It, it could be. It could be. Yeah. It could be. It could be. But I think even though maybe in our life situations, things might be different. We might be opposite or, you know, I think when it comes to writing, we've proved that there's not much different. I think that's why yes. our work and our stories yes. gel. So even though we might be completely, maybe a little bit different in other ways with our work, it's pretty solid, I think, personally. I know I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, the creativity is very, very similar. I don't so. call it bias. I it call works. it confidence. Confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Confidence. Yeah, yes. I guess, yeah. Yeah, confident. Yeah. yeah. And practical. I mean, because we do mess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt about now, it. Now, Didi, now, Didi, when did you first find out that you had a passion for writing uh you know i i always really enjoyed writing poetry <laughs> but it wasn't until i was in my mid-20s that i decided to kind of give it a bash i'll just give this a try and the first book that i sat down and started writing i just knew instantly a couple chapters in this is what i want to do this is what i meant to do this is what i love to do it just instantly became a passion and I never stopped. So it, it's funny, I, I struggled to um, have start a family and to have babies. I had a lot of issues. And so at first it was kind of an outlet to kind of, you know, give me something to throw myself into and to be mm -hmm. productive in an area that was uplifting and positive and that kind of, you know, took my mind off of my current physical situation. And once I started, it was such a blessing for me. And it was so amazing for me that I just never stopped. I just kept at it. And I plan to forever. That's that's really the only plan I have in life is to just keep writing yeah. forever. <coughs> Excellent. You will. I'll make sure you will. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> sure. <laughs> yes. Hold me accountable. <laughs> I, I need that accountability. You will. <laughs> yep. Now, now when, did, when did the outdoorsy lifestyle begin was that something you always were into since a, a kid or is it yeah, recent in, in adulthood yeah, forever i i actually i'm a small town girl i grew up in um, a little country place that is actually gorgeous it's beautiful i grew up in a place where you can drive 20 minutes in one direction and be on a desert or 20 wow. minutes in the other direction and be on top of just 
stunning mountain ranges, just beautiful. Oh, and so amazing. my whole life, it is, it is, it is really neat. So my whole life, I spent a lot of time, you know, when I would left school and not do my work and get in trouble, that's where I would go. I would go, you know, light things on fire in the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I got in trouble when I was a kid. So it's, it's a little bit different, but I've always, always loved it. Always loved camping, always loved, you know, going out and jumping in a lake when it's just up the road. You know, you sneak a beer out of the fridge and jump in the lake for fun. That's kind of how I grew up. So, yeah, I've always enjoyed it. It's I'm very blessed to have that. I know a lot of people <laughs> don't. So, I enjoy it. Now, with that type of lifestyle and those type of activities, that type of environment, um, how much of it plays into your writing? Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hit and miss, I think. I don't, I don't think it's impacted a whole lot. My very first book is quite a bit more outdoorsy than any of my other works. Um, but, I, but I like a variety. I'm a weird writer like that. I don't ever stick to one subject or one um, area, one place. One no, that's talent. That's not weird. That. Yeah. Yeah, best talent. That's not weird. Best talent. Yeah, best talent. It is different. I do. I do enjoy writing outdoorsy scenes, and I have you know plugged them into a lot of different books and different scenes. But for the most part, I don't think it's really you know played a big part. What What's your writing routine? Oh God, I don't. I don't have one. I don't think I just write when I can find the time. <laughs> that's really? the best the best yes <laughs> i mean some some days when i'm able to you know when school was still in session i had three days a week where both my kids were actually in school at the same time and so that's when you just you know stick to the grind and do as much as you can while you have a minute <laughs> but now that we can't mm. do that it's like mm. you i open my document and I'll do 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, give them a project. And you just kind of, you know, get back to it as you can go. You just kind of got to go with the flow of the day. Be prepared to get as much done as you can in that day. You can, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, so Didi and Kim, uh, how did you both meet? Just for everybody, so they know. <laughs> WordPress. Let's, say, let's start with yeah. WordPress. <laughs> we, we have we've read each other's stuff forever really That's it, as simple as that yeah wordpress is such a wonderful place like you can you know if you start a blog on there you can connect with so many other bloggers or so many other people and we just connected by that following you know following the blog and then Didi read my stuff i read her stuff and that was it just a mutual respect i think came between us and then when we actually did speak like outside of writing kind of we just gelled as people you know we just gelled as people like when I was here last time and I spoke to you and I was talking about Dean and I was saying sometimes we get on Skype and we're like right we're going to talk about work what we're going to do and we'll talk about something else and then we have to find another hour in the week to talk again because we spent that hour that we planned <laughs> Talking about something else. <laughs> so we, you know, we didn't we didn't get what we were meant to do done. We just gelled. And... You know what? I yeah, remember I think the just first 
email. I remember the very first email that you sent oh, me gosh. asking what I know. I know it asked <laughs> what I thought about doing some sort of interactive story challenge where yeah. we kind of would write together weekly and see where it went. I remember mm. you, you, you came Years up with ago. the idea. Yes. Yeah. And I said, that sounds amazing. I would love to do that. It sounds like yeah. so much fun. And from that mm -hmm. very first email from that day, I don't think we went more than what, like a, a week or two without talking. Wow. Like that, ever. Yeah, there was the one year you is, had yeah. other projects when you were moving that we did. Yeah. But other than that, we have yeah. been very consistent. Yeah. But we're going back to like probably 2016, maybe. I think so. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was the year that I published um, "Aggravated Momentum." Aggravated Momentum. Mm. Yes, because I remember that's the that's the year that that came out is when I started blogging. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, yeah. 2016. Go us! <clears throat> yeah. Holy shit, Kim! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got it together. <laughs> I yeah, know. It's a whole partnership person, at this point. <laughs> you know? We haven't even met in person, but we've kept in contact, spoke, email. You know, email, you know, using technology and that's it. We've, we just become friends. We just become friends and respected each other and thought, okay, let's see where this goes. And it blew up, didn't it, Dee Dee? Like our challenge really yes. blew up, like on our blog. And people yeah. were really getting involved and engaged and it was like, okay, should we publish them? And we did. And then we did yep. another one. <laughs> and that was it. We just, we just kept going. Yeah, we just, that was it. Now, Crazy, Kim, huh? what was it about Didi that made you want to reach out? Well, Didi, Didi read one of my stories first. She read a book I wrote and she did a review. And I wanted to reach out and read her work because I thought to myself, okay, she's writing in the same genre as me. Let me check this chick out. Let me see what she's about, you know, because technically, although Didi is not a romance writer, she writes in the suspense thriller genre so really she's my enemy because <laughs> I want to sell more books than that <laughs> but I never felt that way I genuinely wanted to I genuinely wanted to know who she was so I read um aggravated momentum and I think within the first chapter I was like oh my god like literally in my head I was thinking to myself I recognize this writing style so much this chick writes like me where has yep. she come from? And it was not what she wrote, it's how she wrote it. Mm. You know, it's, it's, um, Dee Dee, she knows how to write the thriller beats. She, um, has a certain style of delivery. And I really enjoyed her work. So I reached out to her and said, I like it. Well, I well, think, what do you think? Because <laughs> we are, <laughs> we, we are very similar in our writing because we are emotional writers. We draw out emotion yeah. from paragraph yeah. to paragraph. If that makes yeah. sense. We focus on the yeah. emotional details rather than yeah. the telling the story. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I remember There's a difference between show and tell. Yeah. Show and tell. Yes. There's a big yep. difference. Straight I would agree. Is what I read. That was my, my yeah. review. You probably read the review I wrote on Stranger in France and thought, oh, shit. Yeah. This is the best review. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Oh my god! I was like, "Wow, where's this still come from?" Oh my god! 
Yeah, yeah. It, no, but Dee Dee is very, very right. I've actually never really looked at it that way, but she's right. It's, it's. When I read her work, she's, she's hit the nail on the head. It's, um, the show and the emotion and the character development that she does so, 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 so well. And she can write some creepy characters, something that I don't really do a lot of, but she writes some real creepers, and she does it so, so well. And so I just wanted to reach out to her and just, you know. Get to know her. And the reason, I think as well, I was quite shocked when I read Didi's work because I didn't expect what I got. Because, you know, Didi's, she's just pretty and she's blonde haired and brown eyed and she, you know, she's from a small town. And I thought, this is going to be, you know, something nice and sweet. Okay. You know, I, I know it says a thriller. Got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But even though, even though it's a thriller, I wasn't expecting it's what true. I got, Chris. You need to read it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting what yes. I got. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I you really know what? wasn't. People I know read my books and they ask my husband, do you sleep with your eyes open? <laughs> right. yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> are you afraid to go to sleep exactly. next to that <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't expect what I got. You know, I've genuinely really enjoyed the work and I recognized, uh, I recognized and respected her craft because it, it, it's good and it's you know it's good I recognized you know what she was doing and I think it comes so naturally for her I don't think it's something that she doesn't overwrite or force it you know yeah it just oh, it's just there in a way editors tell me I'm wordy <laughs> yeah, you are, but there's a difference between wordy. there is a difference between being wordy <laughs> and overwriting though there's a big difference I think I don't think yes. you overwrite I don't, I think it in her, because I said, I think I said this in my review of one of your books, like Dee Dee can write some, you can have something like, okay, the door opened with a creak. Dee Dee won't write it like that. She'll write it like the door creaked open slowly and then, and the light flooded over the dirty dank floor. Do you see what I mean? Like she will, mm. she will add more words in it to give you more. Like that's very different than saying the door opened with a creak. Right. Do you see what I mean? But it, it yeah. enhances her work. So she won't just say the door opened with a creak. When it opened, what else happened? Right. You know, the sun flooded in on the floor. The floor wasn't just, it wasn't just a normal floor. It was a dirty floor. It wasn't just a dirty floor. It was a concrete floor, a dirty concrete floor. Do you see what I mean? There's a lot of and that's what I enjoy. Concrete yes, you use dank a lot. Really, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you use that a lot. But it's a good description, uh, yes. though. <laughs> it, that, that is how she would write it. But it doesn't mean that it's overwritten. It right. means that exactly. it's written well to me. Because I'm there, I can I can visualize what that dirty dank floor looks like when the sun hits it Secret and the door goes creak. You make creak. me want to go write. You make me <laughs> <laughs> currently writing while I'm interviewing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but yeah, so my is going. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't she doesn't overwrite. She she writes with emotion and she develops well. And I recognize it because that's something that I would say that I do. You know, her style of writing is good. Now, Didi, like hearing this, <laughs> how, where do you see, not, I'm not going to use the word disconnect, but where do you, how does that make you feel knowing, like you said, editors say sometimes you, you're, you're wordy, but then you have someone who is obviously a friend of yours that's honest with you and that's also a consumer of your work saying, no, the, that, that style is yours. You need to, you need to keep it. You know what I mean? Mm. So, yes, I do. Mm. I, I actually love that you asked that question because 
so many writers really struggle with that switch. Right. They can't turn mm-hmm. it on and off. I've seen so many writers that have so much potential and so much, you know, just untapped talent ready to come out that they can't get out because of negative criticism. And I wouldn't even say, you know, editors saying those things are negative. It, it kind of depends on the editor. The way that I like to look at it and the way that I like to approach it is all criticism can help you. No mm-hmm. matter if it's good or bad, you kind of have to wade through it and take each comment seriously, but not to heart. And you have to decide yeah. for yourself, okay, is this a comment that will help me or hurt me? Is this a comment that I can learn from or should I mm-hmm. just brush it off? Because yeah. clearly they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Like <laughs> you really have yeah. to. You have to know the difference and you have to draw that line and you have to go mm. in with the attitude of, I am getting this help because it is help. Mm. I am reading this yeah. review because I can learn from it and better myself and my writing because of it. Whether I like to hear it or not, it could be something that I can improve on. And, you know, if, if it's something that is just a horribly awful review or if they're saying like, oh, I didn't like this and I didn't like that and this was horrible and she uses too many adjectives. I've had that in a few reviews. She uses a lot no, of adjectives. Don't. Don't. Did no. he just ignore all that? I'm telling you that from now, just exactly. ignore all that because it, yes, it's what, exactly. what makes your writing you. stand out. I, yeah. Honestly, to God. Sometimes you read I those things you and you just laugh at it. You're like, why would you? No. Why, why does that matter? If you don't like it, don't read it. But if it's <laughs> something yeah. that is helpful, then you pay attention and mm. you fix it. It's that simple. Mm. Now, yeah. that's interesting you, you say that. You yeah, that's interesting you say that because your attitude on uh, negative reviews is, is positive, if that's... <laughs> so, so yeah. um, now, now, break that down <laughs> exactly. a little bit more in, for, for, obviously, writers, because as, as you both know, those reviews, some reviews can really discourage some writers and, and, and force them into a place where they they don't they they are unsure of themselves and I'm sure of their talent. So how do you stay positive even getting bad reviews and keeping that momentum going for yourself as a writer? Know uh, you know, there's there's one figure of speech that I really really like to um, kind of puts it in perspective that not everybody likes cake, not everybody mm. likes mm. pizza. Every single person has a different opinion. They have a different view, mm. a different outlet. And I could read a book that I thought was amazing, fantastic, the best book I've ever read. And then you can pull up Amazon, find a two-star review that just bashes on this book that you love. Yeah. Right. So no matter what, you're going to have different opinions and different views. What matters is how you perceive them. So mm. you can't, you can't let yourself feel bad over a shitty review. You can't. Or you're not cut out to be a writer. That pretty much just says it all. If you can't handle mm. it, you're not cut out to be a writer. I mean, that sounds rude, but you have to be able to, you know, tell the difference and wade through. And a lot of people, you have to know, a lot of people write crappy reviews on purpose oh, because yeah. it gets mm. them visibility. Yes. People will read their reviews because they're crappy, so it helps them get a step up. Or, you know, if I bash on this book, it might help raise my books. And so a lot of people will write these reviews, whether they mean them or not. 
So you have to go into reading reviews on a practical, level-headed perspective, willing to learn, willing to better yourself, but also willing to basically call them out on their bullshit too, mm. if that makes sense. I just want to add to, to what Didi is saying, but I think that you need to, Didi says you're not cut out to be a writer if you can't handle the negative reviews and not everybody likes cake, which is perfect and it is, that's correct. But really as well, you need to be confident within yourself and know who you're writing yes. for first mm-hmm. is what I would say to yes, any writer. Exactly. You will have people you trying to switch you up. Yeah, change who you are, you know, change the way you write things. You need to remember who you're doing it for and why you're writing for yourself first. And if people give you negative reviews, then you, you, you take the sense from the nonsense, you know. Spot the difference between a whiner and someone who generally didn't enjoy your work and has something constructive to say. And I think just keep yes. in mind that the negative reviews sometimes help add interest to your work, you know, because some people might read a negative review and think, well, but this book sounds really good to me. Let me try it anyway. Right. You know, you're you know what? I've done that. Get I've read reviews. a book because of a two-star review more than once. Yeah. Yeah. And people are entitled to their own opinions, I think. You just got a lot not let it knock you because Didi's right. You're not cut out for it. If you're going to let someone's opinion knock you, you really can't do this because you're going to get so many knocks. If you are trying to be the best writer you can be and you're trying to elevate your career, then you will always get knocks, whether it be rejection or negative reviews, either way. I don't know about yes. Didi, but you know, there's another I way I like to look at you it know, too. You will, yeah, you'll always get it. Even the best writers in the world get. Oh yeah, absolutely, you know, yes they do. Well, I won't say the best. I'll say the most popular, the most well known. You know, the most well known writers. They all they get one star reviews, but so what? It's just one person. It's just one person, yeah. and I think yeah. it depends on what you're getting the negative review for as well. If you're getting a negative review because the person just didn't, generally didn't resonate or click with your work, then why worry? Because as a writer, you know you can't crowd please. There's always going to be someone. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. So why, why really Another worry? Another way I like to look at it too you. is if you have one book <coughs> and you bring that book to a room of, say, I don't know, five or six people and they all finish reading that one book at the same time, Every single one of those people will have a different opinion. Mm. They will read it differently. Right. They'll resonate with mm. different characters. They'll perceive different scenes in a different way. You know, one person mm. might think, you know, this character is perfect because of this, while another person thinks, I hated that about that, their personality. Mm-hmm. Hated it. Yeah. So <laughs> no matter what, no one book is read the same way ever. Mm. So no matter what, you're going to get different feedback from different people. But such is the beauty of creativity, right? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. I'd just say, well, just just keep your confidence. Just keep thinking that you are a good writer if you genuinely are. Then, and just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Exactly. And keep a tight circle, too, of people that yes. do enjoy your work. Because they are, yeah. they will boost you. They will push you. They will keep it coming. You know, and tell you yeah. to keep going when you're feeling low. Mm-hmm. Get in touch with somebody mm-hmm. that you know isn't just feeling you full of hot air, that genuinely likes yeah. your stuff, and talk to them. It's, it's pretty And also, as well, they can give you that helps me a lot. feedback. 
yeah, if, even if you have a, a tight circle of people who do enjoy your work, they could be, they will be honest with you and say, well, do you know what? Because I know that Didi would probably come to me and say, do you know what? Your missus, this bit doesn't work. And I'd trust her opinion. So these people who do enjoy your work can also give you that extra strength to show you where you might need to do some extra work in your work. Mm. So it can work both ways. They won't always just fill you up with hot air and say, yeah, you're great. Because you, that's not going to develop you if you're always told that you're great, even if you are. <laughs> Sometimes you need yes. to hear, try and try this yep. or try that or, you know, do you know what I mean? But yeah. I think with negative exactly. reviews, you just got to take the sense from the nonsense. You know, you're not going to please everybody. That's it, period. Right. Just just have that in your mind. You will not please everyone. And don't expect to as well. Please yourself. Every <laughs> time I've given a book out for Beta Reads, I tell them, please try to hurt my feelings. Let me see if you can, because you can't. <laughs> Let me, I love that. Let me see if you can. Let me see if you can. Yes. I love that. That is so stolen. That is stolen. Let yeah. me see if you can. Yeah. But you know, you get to a point though, Didi, you get to a point, don't you, as a writer where you are bulletproof. You get to that point. Yes. And just by Didi's uh, comment, you can tell she's already there. Let me see if you can hurt my feelings. You, you get to that point. So just keep going. That's all I'd say. Negative reviews, just keep going. You will get bulletproof. Now, now Didi, where did, that, where did that bulletproof confidence come from? Like, at what point did you, or what book did you realize uh, you needed that to have that confidence? Or did you kind of start out with it? Uh, you know, I've Justice always for had Bell, that kind of I'd attitude say that book. in life in general. But yeah, yes, Justice for Bell was, well, that was one of my last ones in it. It is so different than some of the other things that I've written that I need mm. that confidence going in. But it was actually, Aggravated Momentum was the hardest book to this day for me to write. And I've written, what, like four since? I don't even know. I don't even know the order of my books. But that <laughs> book was, that book was hard because it has a lot more um, psychological issues. It has a lot more raunchy scenes, nasty scenes. It has a more sex in it than any of my other books. It's got a lot more stuff that I had to really get out of my shell and out of my box to put it out there. And once I did, I realized, you know what? I can. It's possible. <laughs> I can write whatever the hell I want. I'm capable. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I can do this. And that's when I decided, you know what? I'm going to put myself out there. So it was after I wrote that book that I started a blog. I started all my social media outlets. I started mm. reaching out to other writers. You know, I, I began building my, you know, my author building blocks as an independent writer after I had published that book. And to this day, it's still the raunchiest book that I have. <laughs> Apart from the story you wrote yes. for the Suspenseful Collection 2, you all know what story we're talking about. Yes, except for our new ones. Yes, uh, the one that we just published yesterday uh, has a story yeah. in it that does actually top aggravated momentum. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to read our stories. Read this one. <laughs> now, when you talk about the suspense and, and creating it as a writer, um, how do you how do you dive deep into those characters in the in the in the thrillers? Because and I and I relate this a lot to when people talk about actors and how certain parts they had to dig deep and they had to go to dark spaces. They had to change up their lifestyle just mm -hmm. to 
uh, get in touch with the character. But not often they talk about somebody had to write that for them. So, so what space was that writer in to create that character? Yeah. So how do you die? You have the best questions. You have awesome questions. So, so getting into this, these characters, the harder characters is actually easier than you would think. It's getting back out of them. Because you sit down, yeah. you sit down for a session where you're writing a first-person sociopath, um, a serial killer mm. that is just the worst kind of mindset, and you're trying to, you know, explain their emotions and explain their thought person, their, you know, their thought process as a first person. You get sucked in. Mm, you, get, okay. you do. Mm. It's it's real. The struggle is real. I mean, you get sucked in reading a book. It's it's so much more impactful when you're writing it. So you really have to find an outlet. You have to find a switch because if you can't shut it off when you get out of your writing session, that's when it's a problem. Mm. So for me, yeah, I, can I would. I can. Yes. You, yes. And and you do. I mean, when I was writing Aggravated Momentum, when I was writing the first person serial killer there, that's when I had to find that switch and I had to teach myself how to shut it off. And I was in a weird place. I, I got depressed a little. I mean, I. I didn't want to talk to people. I, my health kind of took a fall because it does. It really, you get sucked into that mindset and it's hard. But I learned that switch. You know, I I had to teach myself that switch. So when you put it away, you have to completely put it away. I had a process where I would listen to Disney princess um, (laughs) music and I would watch a cartoon after or just something really funny. (laughs) Just to get out of it. Yes, I would have to make sure and go outside and get sunshine after a writing session and just find little quirks and little things that would brighten your spirits directly after a writing session or else it's it's hard to get out of that that place. But once you find your switch and once you can get in and out of it, you can write anything. <laughs> anything. This is where we differ I don't need a switch. Matter. Yes, yeah. I, pretty switch. I can get in it and get out of it easily they yes. do not need a switch for exactly. me i can get in get out i just switch it off for me it's just being there in the moment you just mindset yeah. and then that's it just think about the person it is, how would so they nice think how would they feel that's it <laughs> get out of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is so nice Easy. to be able to get in. it took me a long time to find that switch but once you do you're mm. golden you can you can write anything you want whenever you want Yes, and mm. it doesn't affect I think anything. research does help as well, though. Research on certain behaviors can help strengthen. Yes. Right? Um, it does. It makes a really big difference. Writing, oh, definitely yeah. writing at first person sociopaths is, is impactful. It is hard. But now I could jump on the computer and write about a sociopath all day and then be perfectly fine. It doesn't even, doesn't make any difference at all. But it took a while <laughs> to get there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that. Yeah, pretty much. Now, now, so you guys were on on WordPress. You read each other's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim, you reached out. Didi, you responded. When was the moment where you realized it was a creative cr- connection here, and you guys wanted to create work together? The first story we wrote, I think. Over. The first story we did. <laughs> the first. 
Yes. Attempt it. Do you I remember think. the first story? Yeah. Do you know what? Do you remember? Yeah, that? of course I remember the first story. <laughs> yeah, the first time we actually tried. <laughs> We've to written it. so many. Yeah, the first one. I think. Um. Yeah, because we had it started it's off with one of my people. Favorites. Yeah, our followers chose a, a writing prompt for us to to start with, and it was uh the first time I killed a man. So that particular story there is in the yeah. first anthology that was probably the moment for me that I thought okay yeah I can I can I can work with her because we we did that story pretty well and then it just followed on from there I think it was just like an experiment wasn't it Dee? it was an experiment once we read each other's yes. work we said okay yeah we're going to do this we thought let's see if this will work we did I didn't actually think that anything would come out of it I just thought okay we just just do it you know just as a way to just practice you know writing and different ideas and because I thought it would be pretty cool you know one person starts one person ends this could be quite interesting with the stories and we use writing prompts it was more of just yeah let's see how it goes but I think once the first story was done for me and we got such a good response that's when I thought yeah we should continue we should keep going Mm. it was the first one I think if the first one hadn't done so well or it would it had been a struggle Maybe I would have thought, mm, can we really do this? Is this really going to work? But because it just flowed so well, week after week, from then when we was doing the challenges, just kept going. And with that anthology, did those eight, those, I was going to say songs, eight <laughs> stories, you know? <laughs> yeah, yes, that first, that first story was so much fun. Oh my gosh, it was so fun. I it was because it was a serial killer. It was a, it was a female serial killer, <laughs> yes. and she's you know she's gay, and it, it's got a lot of girl on girl action in it. Put it that way. It's not for the faint hearted. It was the first. It was the first girl on girl action that I ever wrote so. ever. So I remember she, <laughs> you sent you wrote the first part of it, and you sent it my way. And I remember I'm sitting at the computer. I'm like, okay, this is an awesome experiment. Whatever she sends me. I'm going to try my hardest to just keep up. That's all I care about. I'm just going to keep up. And you sent it and my jaw hit the floor. I'm not even kidding. I sat there. I stared at my computer like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? I've never wrote this. And I had to ponder for days and days. And then I just knocked it out and sent it back and I'm like oh my gosh I hope I can keep up I hope I can keep up this is insane this story is insane and I loved it and we had so much awesome feedback after that we did we did yep that was the moment for me too when I'm like okay I can keep up I guess yeah. I can write GRG. I can do this. <laughs> I can write whatever the hell you throw at me. I can do it. <laughs> no, no. I don't what we shouldn't make people think, okay, that's that's the whole part of the story. It is she's quite a twisted character, you know. We both she is such did her justice. Character. Her name you name's was it Lisa Fanastilli? Lisa? Her name's Lisa anyway. She's quite twisted. Yes. But yeah, she is she is pretty she's 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 into girls and she's been in prison for so long. So we did her justice. And, and she wouldn't it confess. She, she wouldn't tell confess. anybody about the people she killed until a no. certain reporter came. Mm. And yeah. she, this one reporter, got it out of her. Yeah. It was, it was a great story. We were going to write more onto it and never did. <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't. We should have done though. We can still go back. Not too late. Not too late. <laughs> Not too late. <laughs> 
we'll have to we'll have to think on it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> now, is there anyone else we can expect to see you two teaming up with, like on the next anthology? Has there anyone been trying to reach out to get on the next anthology with you two? Uh, nope, not on not on these anthologies. I think I would be open to it possibly, but probably not. We've never even mm. talked about it, have we, Kim? We haven't, but I, you know what? I think um, from what Didi's just said, I think it's cool how we've done it because it would be quite difficult to add a third it person because they're short stories. So how would we? How would that work? Or you know, it it might be a bit more complex. But I'm cool. You know, if, it if is. we ever did bring someone else in, they would mm. have to be pretty damn good at what they do. Yeah. I say now you keep up with both of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. And you know what? Not only that, but the more the more people you bring in, I've learned from just advertising and doing collaborations on different kind of you know advertising groups. It's hard when the more people you get in, the more opinions are you know thrown into the mix, and mm -hmm. people disagree on certain things. Mm -hmm. And so finding you know a happy a happy place professionally is mm -hmm. a lot harder than you would think. And me and Kim have a way of of just meshing not only, you know, creatively, but also on the professional side of things, we agree on stuff. And if there's something that one of us don't agree on, the other is always open to listen and to make suggestions and we find middle ground. We've never had any We've kind never of disagreed though. Yeah, we've process. never disagreed. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so I would be able to bring someone else in, even yeah. if they were the best. Exactly. Even if they were the best writer on this damn planet, mm. they still might Cause a little bit of a problem there, and I don't want to do right. that. Oh, yeah. mesh very, very well. Yeah, I think it's, the other concern—the other concern would be, um, yeah. you guys are established now, so you have to worry about mm -hmm. are people joining, wanting to join for the right reasons, or do they just want to? You oh, know what I mean? God. Or are they just trying to it's use your platforms? You know what I mean? Because it's not like you guys early—it's not really on. Yeah, you guys are established with these yeah. stories and these connections, so that that'd be hard to find somebody genuine. Yeah. I've never yes. really thought of it that way. But I didn't even really think point. of it that way. <laughs> yeah, you've got a point. But I think for me, it's more just, we, we gel so well. Like like Didi said, we have never actually had a disagreement. We've written 17 stories together. We've published two books and there's never been a disagreement at all. We are yet to have one since 2016 over this. Why mess it up or risk it? You know, oh, yeah. And not only that, it, it would be difficult because they're short stories. So how would we incorporate a third person or right. fourth person or fifth person? I mean, if Dee wanted to do it, you know, if she really, 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 really wanted to do it, <laughs> then I'd hear her out. But it's never really crossed my mind, if I'm honest with you. It's never really yes, crossed my mind, to be honest. Vice versa. Um, yeah. If you wanted to bring someone in, I think it would be like a really extensive interview process, and I would probably yeah. be a bitch. <laughs> no, <laughs> just I, wouldn't, I wouldn't blame you. You know, I wouldn't blame you at all. I wouldn't blame you, DJ. Well, I would you... expect the same out of you too. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame I would. you. Like it, you know, when yeah, you, I think it's just worked so well. Why disturb yeah, it? And like you said, Chris. Yeah, mm -hmm. you've just put, you've just, you know, highlighted something. Would they even want to join in and do a collabo for the right reason? See what I mean? Because we're definitely going to do volume three and 
you know, I don't plan to stop unless Didi wants to. So would they be coming for the right reason? Or like, I don't want to, it's been cool. Don't you think Didi? It's been cool as it's been. It's been. Yes, it has. Yeah. We've made it work very, very, very well. I look forward to doing another one too. Yeah. I really do. We haven't set like a for sure plan or goal or days or anything like that but we've we've touched we're gonna do it is we got some pretty awesome ideas yeah i think so we should do do it again you know it's it's worked well and i think when you find someone you can work with considering we don't live in the same country we're not in the same time zone you know if you can do a project like this and make it work with them you're pretty blessed you know they've been put there for a reason so just crack on with it. Yes, I agree. Just crack on with it. <laughs> now, Blurred Lines. Um, This is the <laughs> second installment of Suspenseful Short Stories by two suspense authors from diverse backgrounds. Blurred Lines offers a thrill ride with nine stories and genres across the board. From opposite sides of the Atlantic, these stories have been created. One author started the tale and the other ended it. No discussion. No pre-planning, but yet their stories are seamless. With the use of writing prompts, Kim and Didi have created tales that will tug at your heartstrings, drop your jaws, and leave you clinging to the edge of your seat. The continuation of the suspenseful anthology is just as fast-paced and engaging as the first set of tales that covers multiple genres, from gory horror, romance, crime fiction, family drama, and fantasy. There is a story for everyone. Woo! Now, <laughs> so many. Oh, we got it's so much we got to break down with blurred lines. <laughs> now, so let's start with the title. Um, for everyone listening, right. what what does blurred line? Because everyone's going to have their opinion. Um, everybody's going to assume, but it's it's always great hearing it from the from the writers. What does blurred lines mean to Kim and Didi? There is a blur. You want to take it or you want me to take it? <laughs> it, it the blur, blur lines is, yeah. Wait, where does one, one Start, author stop and one the end. other begin? Mm. Mm. But, you know, it's funny because in there. Where do the lines cross? In the books, you can see where, because we've, we've made it so that you can see, you know, author one, scene one, author two, scene two. So you can actually see in the book, you know, where it does start and where it does stop. But you'll notice that as you read through the story, if you were to take that away, it would just completely blur. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that there's two writers on that particular story. Mm. I think the only reason why we put that there is so that people can see clearly, yes, one one of us did one part, the other one did the other. But if you were to take it away, it'd be, it'd be blurred. Where does one start? Where does one end? Yes. Simple. You know what's funny is a lot of readers have told me or, or, or had asked what what portion did you write of this story? Like, no, I thought it was this side. I thought you finished it. What, you yeah, started yeah. this? Like, they have no idea. I've met one, one reader that always knows what I wrote. And it just makes my heart pump to know that it's my mom. Really? <laughs> Seriously, she's the only person. Yes, the only person. And she'll call me after every story and be like, Didi. You, you what story did, you've got to, you've like got to tell me what did she think you've got to tell me what did she think she, she loves them both but she just knows 
She just knows. It is the weirdest thing. She's the only person ever. She's she just knows. Wow. <laughs> she loves both of our writing, and I think she's read all of your other books too. She's read all oh, of yours. She? And she's clearly read. She has. She has no read mom. all of your books. I don't know if she read Havana Heat. I think Havana Heat's the only one that she hasn't read. And maybe The Red Room. I don't know for sure. I know she downloaded it, but I don't know if she's read it yet. Isn't it funny? She that. reads all the time. Oh. I know. It is so sweet. She's just, she don't oh, write gosh. reviews because she just don't. <laughs> but she knows no, she reads I wasn't going to ask her for one. <laughs> I'm surprised. I know. I'm surprised. She's funny. And she keeps saying that I need to get you to send signed copies. So that I can oh, sign too. Her. And she needs to be the first one to have a sign from both. She's so sweet. But she's <laughs> the only person. She just <laughs> so she knew so she knew what you wrote and she knew what she what you didn't write. She was able to tell the difference. Or did I misunderstand? Yep. Oh she yep. knew. Oh yes. she knew. okay. She did know. No. Well she's your mom at the end of the day. She's your mum, isn't she? So Yes. Exactly. Cool. Bless her. Oh, bless her. Yeah, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> See, I found it difficult. It really is. Obviously, being uh, I tried to go off of Kim because I read your your uh, I read your other story, Kim, for the for the interview, um, for the first interview. Mm. But then reading yeah. the first story in blurred lines, I'm like, uh, I thought I knew, but then I was like. <laughs> Maybe it's not because yeah. the, the thing that got me was I was trying to focus on the um the the character's pronunciation of words like McCormick. So when the yeah. judge said it, not to give it away, I was like, oh no, Kim had to write this because yeah, the focus is on the pronunciation. But then I'm like, no, maybe she didn't write this because the focus is on the pronunciation. <laughs> so I'm so good. All right, so tell me who do you think who do you think because this is quite interesting that you should say about pronunciation and characters because. Dee and I actually got away, got have got away around this book. Was the first story you read? Who do you think started that story? Out of I'm going to say, ah, damn, I'm, that put me on the spot. <laughs> I'm going to say, based on that theory, and based on a little bit of what you guys said, I'm going to say Dee Dee started it. I hope I'm right. But I don't want you guys to give it away. Is that something you guys never want to give away? That's the matter. She, she did start oh, it. Oh, no, it's yeah, fine. But, she did that. You probably a lot of people might think it would be me because it's based in Scotland because of the characters, but it wasn't me. Yeah, it was that's it was the characters. It was the dialogue between the characters that made me think it was uh, it, it was you at first going back and forth. But know, then based on the interview, and you talked about her detail. Uh-huh. It's like now it's yeah. like okay, she was so focused on. But yeah, and plus the location. I remember when we interviewed the first time, you were, you were big on locations in your story. So yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kim said this. No. <laughs> no, for the record, that was not me. I did not, I did not, the, the first story, um, I'm back, I'm back, bitches now panic. That wasn't yeah. me. And that just shows you the level of talent because although that story is set, um, it's, the characters are from Scotland, all the, the accents and stuff, that wasn't me. That was Dee Dee. We've actually, we've actually tried to challenge ourselves on okay i'm gonna try and trick our readers and purposely start out a book that is going to trick them basically so (laughs) i had never really wrote that's the only thing i've written from scotland and i had to research names and i had to (laughs) 
And I'm not a researcher either. I don't do that side of things. I'm horrible at it. I hate it. I'm a cheater. I cheat and do what I know just so I don't have to deal with that side of things. But I did. And, and same with our, like, she writes British American. And so the mm. wording is different. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I am a slacker. And I always start them out, you know, writing the way I know how to write. So I, I had to challenge myself to try and start stories. That and trying to put myself in Kim's head and how would how would Kim start the story and really think on it before I started. So there's a lot of a lot of stories awesome. in our collection that we've each had to do that vice versa. Yeah, it's more about the spelling. I kind of think I spoke to you about this before, Chris. Like you could separate us by spelling, but we found right. a way around it. One story will be in British English, or one story will be you know whatever the story is, we will stick to one style, whether it's British, sorry UK British spelling or USA spelling mm. but just because the story is set in the UK doesn't necessarily mean, mean that I started it in that particular right. case others maybe but with that particular one and I think Dee should be really proud of that because I didn't I didn't start that that wasn't me but she's a Scottish character wasn't me <laughs> not at all it, it, it was hard you know what I think <laughs> I actually got out of bed before and pulled up my computer to fix color to color shit i didn't do it or realize and you had to write it with the s instead yeah <laughs> just randomly pull up from a document to add a u in a word right <laughs> it's, like, it's no biggie for readers to know who wrote what but i think it you know it's cool that you would think that that's me and it wasn't me yeah, i think it speaks to the you talent. should be yeah that wasn't me at all doesn't matter. Now, you, you two created stories. No discussion mm-hmm. and no pre-planning. Uh, I just want to know, how did you, you do that and why? Why did you do that? <laughs> we, we started it as a, an interactive thing to kind of pull readers in to start with. So we actually would put together a list of possible topics or even just a sentence to go off of and let the readers vote. Mm. And so that's kind of what started the whole thing. And it worked out very well. We got a lot of, a lot of votes right off the bat. And then people would pick which topic and we would switch off. One of us would start it, just take that one sentence or that one topic and put whatever first came to mind and just pass it off. We kept it very simple, very cut and dry. And we tried to challenge each other and we tried to you know, come up with something completely out of the box, not only for our readers, but to challenge the other writer. That was kind mm-hmm. of the goal. Yeah, definitely. But it mm-hmm. worked out really well. So we just kind of kept at it. Mm-hmm. So you also, you two also took a different approach than some authors do when they collaborate on stories. Um, obviously, some authors mm-hmm. go back and forth with chapters and things like that go back and forth with detailed planning. <laughs> um, so what made you two decide to take the different route in the creative process in terms of breaking down the stories in the two acts and then someone starting a story and someone uh, finishing it? It wasn't a conscious decision for me, I don't think. When I, when I spoke to Didi about it, it just, I just said it. I don't know. <laughs> When we spoke about it, it didn't. We didn't think of any other way, did we? Really? I, you know I what? Think I think it, it, it was chapter. more of 
short story. Yeah, well, it was more just a, let's try this to sharpen our skill. Let's let's do this for the fun of writing. Well, and we talked about it because we wanted to challenge ourselves to cover different kinds of genres, too. Mm. And we do write different things. I write thrillers. She writes romance. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of us was really big on, you know, science fiction and different things like that. So I, I think it started more of a, a skill, a sharpening our skill, um, a practice for each other and a challenge mm. to kind of keep ourselves challenged, keep ourselves trying new things. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then it just grew. It won't be a short story as well. If you did it chapter by chapter, that would probably turn into something quite big. But with oh, short yeah, stories, yeah. really, you can you can only really you can only really split it into two. Well, you, well, it depends on your definition of a short story. But our short story, you know, it would make more sense, you know, if you just split it in half, chapter by chapter. We could end up with one novel, really. Practical, I guess. It's, it was a practical decision more than anything because it was going to be short stories. Yes. Remember, this was for our blog. Our initial intention was never to publish them. It was just an interactive thing to do on our blog. You know. Oh, really? Blogging. It was. Yeah, it was. It was like you know a challenge. It was having a writing buddy. It was just sharpening our skills, like Didi, Didi has said. And it turned out that it worked so well. That's when we decided to publish them. You know, mm, that's crazy. That's crazy. Had a piece of work out here that originally wasn't going to be out here for you know what I mean. That's crazy. That's so crazy. Yeah. Looking back at it now, <laughs> yeah. It, but it, I think it was just. No, I think I think hurt. our feedback from our readers played a big part on publishing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Had a lot of a lot of really problem positive feedback, and a lot of people ask, "When are you going to publish these? Yeah. You know, when can I get this on paperback? I love this story. Yeah. When can I read this?" you know, in an actual book. And so I yeah. think a lot of it came more from the interaction Maybe. from our readers. Yeah. And yeah. one day we just said, you know what? Why not? Why not? They're right. Yeah, Why don't we? Let's just do it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, it was a blogging challenge. You know, we just teamed up as buddies. That's it. Buddies that, you know, write in the same thriller suspense genre, and that's it. We didn't intend to be 17 stories and two books deep into this. It just happened. So <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, how much thought went into the placement of the stories in terms of which one went first in the book and which one went, you know what I mean, the order of them? Um, because it started off with, I'm back, bitches, now panic. And it was like, once I read that story, I was like, damn, that's that's one way to start off a <laughs> that's one way to start off an anthology. Um and, and, and I thought about it. I thought about like when they talk about music and people put out albums and the placement and like the songs mm. tell a story and the songs are specifically placed in the order they are because of the emotion you would get from them. So was this intentional to have obviously that story first into knowing the reaction you uh the reader was going to have to it. You take and then, that, um, You take that. You want that? Yes. She switched it up. She switched it up. Yes. So you take oh, it. Oh, she switched it. Really? <laughs> yeah, she switched yeah. it up. That, yeah. That well, one was always first, but she switched have. up the others. Yeah, you take really? it. Really? Yes. Yeah. I think we did that in the first one too, actually, because yeah. we we have such a wide range of different stories um, that we you want it to be mixed. You know, you don't want to read 
just a whole bunch of crime fiction is so many, so many in a row that you're stuck in that crime fiction state of mind that to right. get thrown into something totally, completely polar opposite that it kind of something like that when I'm reading a book is a switch off for me. So, you know, you want your readers to have the kind of experience that you enjoy as a reader. So mixing them up, you want it to be well-rounded. Um, you want to give the variety that it has the potential of having. You want to really bring that to light. So for me, I think it's a big deal. I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. And I think you should always start out with the shocking books that really draw people in. And oh, then did push that. it up on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait till you read Chainsaw Ridge. Keep going. That was the bigger shocker. I was actually on the fence. Should we put that one first? Because <laughs> it is a very intense story. But no, I, I think it's a big deal to switch it around. Mm. Yeah. Take them on a ride, I think. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely. Now, now for both of you, which which one in blur, in Blurred Lines, which story was your favorite to write? Chainsaw Ridge, I'd say. <laughs> Chainsaw Ridge for yes, me and favorite. Witchful Thinking. I love them both. Witchful Thinking, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Witchful Thinking was my favorite. Yeah, Witchful Thinking and Chainsaw Ridge. We're definitely like going to have to keep on that one and add more to it. Yeah. The most Witchful intense one is both of mm. our favorites. Yeah, that was about the, that's about my next question. Are any of these stories you're thinking about expanding? Them into obviously I want novellas or a novel. Yes, really, definitely. Which yeah, I think we could do more with which yes, we're thinking. Me too. Mm, and maybe I don't know. Let's see what else we got there. Because <clears throat> we extended the first one, didn't we? Um, we did. The second one's a romance. Both stories. Yeah, I just think which we're thinking for me that would be the, the main one that I'd like to go back to, and maybe um, murder by mistake. I think that one can definitely be extended as well a little bit later in the anthology. I think so too. Mm, those two. Those were the last ones we wrote too. Yeah, the most recent. Maybe that's mm -hmm. why. Maybe that's why we want to extend because we're still kind of in that state of mind. Yeah, yeah. But Probably. So I think it's my favorite to write. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? Everything I've ever wrote, as I'm writing it, it's the best. I've ever written. Yeah. And then you you know, you move on. You write something else. else and as you write it, oh my God, this book is genius. I've never written this. But then, you know, you just keep it. It's like a cycle. <laughs> no matter what, what you're writing is the best. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now the cover. I hear that. The, the mm -hmm. cover obviously is very it's creative. Beautiful. Um, it is beautiful. It, it definitely is. Yeah. What was the thought process it. behind it? The design. The designer. Can she looked at the one, first you one. Found the, yeah, you found yeah. The, the designer that we had, she she's really, really talented. Um, shout out to Helena Covers as well. That's her name. She kind of looked at the first one and I sort of gave her a few ideas of what we would like. I said, we, me and basically, me and Didi, we basically want a cover that is, you know, feminine, stunning, you know, nice. You know, we wanted that kind of sexy feel to it as well kind of I did say that I will be honest so she looked at the first one and she <laughs> came up with that and I think all we really did was twerked around with the wording and the effects because at first we were going to have a picture of both of us blurred out on it and when we looked at it we weren't too 
we weren't too happy about that, were we, Didi? We weren't too keen on that one when the picture was on it of us together and it was blurred out. So we took it, you know, we had a really good creative idea, but it didn't, it didn't look that good. So we took it off and she kind of just went with it. She created it for us and we loved it. Well, I certainly did as soon as I saw it. And I thought, <laughs> yes, Didi yeah, will like this. And then I sent it over to Didi for her approval. And she was like, yeah, yeah, Kim, I love it. And that's it. That's it. We had a really good designer. It's nice to be so agreeable. It's nice to write with somebody that you have the same kind of opinions and the same outlook. I mean, you know, we could be in a different circumstance and not agree on them, but we were very blessed to find such an awesome creator for our book cover. Yeah. And to agree yeah. as well as we did. Because mm. it's like you could just give her a vision and she just, she just put, she's done that before with other covers for me. You give her a vision and she's able to put it together. You know, I like to just tell the designer what I want and show me what you can do, basically. That's it. Now, the, the first, you guys' first uh, anthology book was released in 2017. Obviously, yeah. this new one was released uh, yesterday, the 22nd. How much, how much growth have you seen within each other in terms of uh, from, the, from the first project to now? How much easier was it now? Um, having that, that, that relationship and that connection grown so much over the years? I, I'll answer this one if I don't mind. That's tough. It, no, yeah, it's easy for me it. to answer, I think. With that one, it's funny because if you look at the stories in the second anthology, a lot of them are a lot more um, supernatural or metaphysical. And I think it's because outside of writing, it's something that me and Didi both enjoy as people as well, like strange things, but unknown. Yeah, all that woo-woo stuff, kind of what people might call it. And I think that as we've grown as people and individuals, it's reflected in the stories that we've written because you've got like witchful thinking, you've got the clear point one with um, uh, murder by mistake. Well so said. That was exactly what I was yeah, explaining. <laughs> as we've had our own personal growth as people, spiritually, you know, things that we like, it's just kind of reflected in the stories because the first set of stories, I think the first, what, three or four, we wrote a couple of years ago and we kind of finished it off between the end of last year and the beginning of this year. So that anthology was written in two parts. It was never done mm. all in one go. And so you can see the difference in the stories, even though we've, um, Didi's switched things up a bit so that you're on a bit more of a ride. So it's not all crime fiction and it's not all, you know, metaphysical stuff. It's all kind of like, you know, up and down, go on a ride. If you were to separate it, you could see that one set is kind of like this theme and another set is like this theme. And that's because they were written at two different times in two different stages of our life. So mm -hmm. that's the way I'd answer that. Would you add to that, Didi? What would you say? Yes, very, very well said. We've both grown and changed a lot as, as individuals. So it's made a huge impact on our writing, mm. both apart and together. Um, I, I instantly thought of a quote and I wish I could tell you exactly who said it, but I can't off the top of my head, but it said, um, the woman I was yesterday introduced me to who I am today. I can't wait to meet the woman I will be tomorrow. Mm. It is so pretty high. Huh? I <laughs> wish I could know who said it. I just, I just can't. But as soon as you asked that question, that instantly popped into mind because I think it, it rings true for both of us. 
individually. And together, it's worked perfectly because we've both been through so much with our own lives and with our writing that together we've been able to, you know, work out the kinks in our writing apart and together. So, you know, growing separately as individuals has made a huge impact on our writing together. And I'm glad it happened. I'm glad I'm I'm actually personally pretty happy yeah. that we took that break. Because I think if we had knocked out all nine stories back in probably 2017 or 18, when we started Blurred Lines originally, we probably would have something very, very different than what you've got today. You and would. I think it's better because we've had because we had to separate and work on separate things, you know. We had to continue and do stuff in our lives and then we came back to it. I'm glad that we took that slight little break because I think our stories are a lot better, stronger and a lot more versatile as well. A lot more versatile because this anthology is very different to the first one. Very, very different. If you, if anybody reads all 17, you see, you know, it's very different. It's still, it's still shocking. And our ideas for the third is different too. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's still, it's different. So that's what's happened. I think our personal growth as people are really reflected, you know, and our personal interests as well. If that makes sense. 100%. Right. And, and, and can you tell people, for everybody listening, everybody's going to listen to this interview, yeah. why? Why they need blurred lines in their life? Because because they do. I'm telling them they do. But, but can, you guys, you can you guys tell them, tell them why they need to, you need to pick up blurred lines and need to check out these stories? Because it's going to be the best set of short stories that you're going to read, you know, within a little in a minute. <laughs> exactly. It that yeah, it's going to be yes. the best thing you're going to read in a minute. Yes. So just pick it up. If, if you I'm need saying. a shock, if you need to get out of your head, if you need something different and unique, that will just totally be different than anything you've ever read. That is why you need it in your life. Yeah. And just try something different. You know, just try something different. Just imagine what it would be like to have two different people write one story, but yet the stories seem as though they've been written by one person. I mean, as a reader, Chris, what do you think? Do you think oh, that... I think, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's literally amazing. You can't tell. It's not choppy where you can tell that it's two writers. Yeah. Literally, if if, I, if you didn't tell me, you would think it's one writer. Yeah, and I think that people should know as well that we don't we don't edit what the other one's written. We don't say no, you should change that because I want to write this or it would work better. We've, we've never done that, and we wouldn't ever plan to. Whatever lands in our inbox, whatever I get from Dee Dee, I work with. I don't go back to her and say I don't like that. There's one story that she sent me. <laughs> It took me a long time to write. I'm talking well over a year. And that is because, you know, it was it was very, very different. It's actually a life gone. So I'll give that away. Like, Didi is all for one on a life gone. And it took me a long time. And it was because I needed to grow. I needed to think a bit. I needed to decide what to do. But so readers know, we don't ever say, don't write that. When she sent me that story, I could have easily said to her, do you know what, Didi, I'm not feeling this. But, or I don't think I can write this, but I didn't. I just rested on it and I just completed it. So, you know. Yep. You know what's but, funny is you, as you're writing the start of a story, you have where you would take it in mind. Yeah. You think, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to drop little hints here and there and see if she yeah. picks that picks up, up. finishes it the way that I'm picturing it to go. And then you get back to second half and it is totally different and better. Like so better. <laughs> 
I know I've I sent you stories that I have just tried so hard to stump you. <laughs> I, I tried. Really? Like, oh like, my okay. god! <laughs> yes, did, I'm gonna make did. this so hard. Story. I'm gonna stump you. You did. We have a life gone. Yeah, you and I never went over a year. Well over a year. That was the story yeah. that stumped me. But every other story well, she sent me, I've been accomplished. able to. Yeah, it was difficult. It was, it was one of the most difficult things for me to write. When I first got it, I couldn't. And but then when I got back into it, when we had our break and we came back together, I was able to to knock it out. So, but yeah, but I don't. And I another don't another thing too is. Go on. No, go on. What were you going to say? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to okay, say um, that I don't when you... write the stories to stump you. I just write them. <laughs> just give them to you. <laughs> I try. And I, and I try, try oh to shock God. you. Now too. I know. You, you do shock yes, me. You do. No, you do shock me. You do shock me, but you don't stump me. Yes. Like, you do shock me. You do. That you do do. There has been ones that me. I have finished on purpose, like totally off base, just to kind of see, you know, what kind of reaction. You know what? <laughs> It's it's kind of funny. What was the one called? What was the title? It's in our first set. Um, it was about the gangster that took off with all of the money. Oh, and Juan, yeah. And I, a, yeah, I remember. Is that what it was called? No, no. It was, it was, was one of Juan. my favorite endings. It's called um the was it the end of the the was it. The tunnel was the only way out. We killed him off the with the cannibal. Yeah, the entrance to yeah. the tunnel is his way out. It's the only way out. That's it. The entrance to the yes. tunnel is the only way out. Yeah. 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 That one was um, So Kim had this, this story. It was different <laughs> and it was fun. I, I did that ending as twisty as I possibly could. Like, I thought on it for days. Like, how can I twist this into something so completely opposite and morbid just to get you know, a reaction. But and I liked so we it though, because it was shocking. Yeah, was shocking. I know. I, I, I remember it. when we, we published it on our blogs and I, my mom called me on that one. She called me <laughs> and she's like, are you seriously writing about a cannibal? That was your half. Yeah, that was one of the funnest ones to finish because it was so different. Oh, was it was yeah. a lot of fun i loved that one yeah it's cool it's been it's been cool out of 17 stories there's been had a lot of fun times a lot of fun times it's been good it's helped me to grow as a writer to try different things to write in different areas like i would never write a paranormal story or a you know a supernatural story that's not something that i would naturally float towards but it's something that i've tried my hand at so yeah it's been a good experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty in it as well. That uh, Obviously, mm-hmm. from reading uh, Kim, reading your, your book, Stranger in France, to see you dive into different genres, um, that, that's Have amazing. That as well? Yeah, and the same, and the same thing for, oh, for, for Didi, um, <laughs> seeing you dive into different genres. I think that, that's, a, that's a good, something positive for your current fans and obviously mm-hmm. getting new readers. Uh, because seeing your style, like that psychological the thrillers, that's I'm a fan. That's why I got caught up in uh, I got caught up in Justice for Bell. You know what I mean? Once I saw that cover, I was like, oh, I'm getting that. <laughs> so <laughs> so I was like, that's why I got caught up. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm supposed to read the anthology, but this is this is crazy. <laughs> like, so, so you know what I mean? So I think that's wow. I think well, that's, thank that's, you that's, for reading our books. I had no idea that yeah. you're. Oh yeah, the good. Oh yeah, it's 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 yeah, the, the covers alone, like they. 
people say don't judge a book by its cover, but come on. These covers, right? I was like, damn, what is this? I was like, <laughs> I was like don't, don't, don't put no lock on the door and, uh, yep, and, and not expect me to get it. <laughs> um, so you guys mentioned well, it. Well, thank you for reading your book. Oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, you guys mentioned it. So, um, you mentioned the third one. You guys are working on the third one. So, what, uh, obviously, elaborate on on that a little bit and then tell us tell us all what what, what else can we expect from you too? the future uh, this one we we've talked minimally about but we have come to an agreement that we want to do kind of like a powerhouse woman's book mm. like we want to have a lot of you know it's for everybody it's for anybody to read but we want to have a lot of really strong um female protagonists we kind of want to go mm. you know all different genres how we've been mm. doing all different mix-ups how we've been doing but we really want to bring out the empowerment in women protagonists in the next series. It's kind of what we talked about, but we yeah. haven't really set any for sure plans. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that. I think we did, we spoke about it a few times. I think that'd be a good idea. Definitely. I would. Yeah, I would. And tell, sure. just, just tell everybody where they can uh, check out you guys, blogs, your work, your websites, <laughs> everything, the, how they can get in contact with you guys and, and, and get your books. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> Check us out everywhere. <laughs> Search both of our names in every outlet and you will find us. Yeah, Amazon. So they're, they're on Amazon at the moment. So they're on Kindle Unlimited to read as well. If you're a member of that, then head, head to Amazon. You'll find us there. You can hit me at, find me at um, kimnightauthor.com, at kimnightauthoruk on Facebook, Twitter. So yeah, Bookbub. Just put my name into Bookbub, and I'll come up as well. <laughs> same for Didi. Didi's on the same places. <laughs> All right, this is you going to keep your social fiction. media, Didi? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, Didi, you need to you need to come on, girl. Didi, plug, plug it. Didi, put the put the social come medias on, out here. Come everywhere. on, come on. Where can people? <laughs> no, I'm trying to like hurry and pull it up and try and find it. <laughs> but yeah, no, every. All of those same places. I'm on Amazon, Facebook, WordPress. Uh, I'm on Instagram, but I really suck at Instagram. I'm horrible at it. I need to do better and be on there more often. But I am there. <laughs> yes, and Twitter, all the all the different social media outlets. And it's easy to find. My name's unique. You you will not find another DD Oviet. So you don't have to worry about mixing me up with anybody. Yeah, and definitely check out the WordPress. Check out your website. Uh, it's definitely in your blogs and everything like that. It's definitely it stands out. You know what I mean. So let's not forget the blog. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. It's the WordPress. That's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This has been the Fiction Addiction Podcast, and this has been Dee Dee Ovia and Kim Knight. Thank you both for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thanks fun. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on the Fiction Addiction Podcast. Make sure you visit fictionaddictionpodcast.com for links on everything we talked about today, as well as awesome resources, additional tips, and fiction addiction merchandise.